0: Welcome back to Can't Let Go, the new podcast from NBN, where we talk about news and personal stories from the week that we just can't let go of. I'm your host, Jacob Lazarville.
1: I'm Maggie Harden.
0: And Maggie, uh, what do you do?
1: I'm a managing editor for NBN.
0: Hi, I'm Tony Kula. I'm a pre-med student at Northwestern majoring in biology. All right, guys. So we're going to start off um, this week with um, some news stories. So uh, Maggie, do you want to go
1: first? Sure. Uh, so the news story that I couldn't let go of this week was a story I read in The Atlantic called, We Expect Too Much From Our Romantic Partners. Everyone expects in a marriage or like in a good romantic partnership nowadays to, like, have their partner help them realize things about themselves and like contribute to their self-actualization and stuff like that and I read that and I was kind of like why shouldn't we feel that way I feel like that's Mm. a good thing about a romantic partner but then like the article went on and the conversation went on to say that like a lot of times, we want our partner to make us feel loved, but we also want them to like criticize us when we're wrong or kind of make us like want to be better versions of ourselves. And it's hard for someone to do both of those things.
2: Yeah, and I feel like in a lot of relationships, whenever one partner criticizes another, um, the recipient of the criticism sort of gets upset and angry, and it's not really something they can control. It's a blurred line of where the criticism starts, and like. Understanding to accept criticism.
1: Right. Because it's hard if they don't criticize you then you might kind of feel like you're not growing as a person right, in the relationship yeah, yeah. but you know it's hard.
2: Especially if you're looking for that. And I think there's also the question of like when in a relationship can you start to give positive criticism or criticism to your partner just to like help them grow as a person because mm. it's kind of like weird or awkward to have a conversation with them like can I start telling you things I think that you should improve on
1: right like how do you begin that yeah, yeah like on, on, <laughs>
0: on the first date you're like yeah. okay nice to meet you my name's Jacob so number one <laughs> way you can improve yourself like yeah that's a good yeah. point like what yeah. time is it yeah. acceptable to do that All right, so the news story that I could not let go of this week is actually from another podcast called Radiolab. Last week, they did an episode um, called Oliver Sipple, which um, is about this guy who lived in San Francisco, was a former Marine who saved the life of President Gerald Ford, because I did not know this, but there were like two assassination attempts on him. Because I've, that. I've <laughs> never I heard, heard about it. that. So he's in California, he's in Sacramento. This lady who was formerly part of the Manson cult tried to shoot him in Sacramento, but she was thwarted. Then like a few weeks later, he's in San Francisco at this hotel and there's a big crowd outside of people waiting for him to come out, and they're there for a few hours, and he eventually comes out of the hotel, and there's this lady there with a the pistol, and then she raises the pistol and fires a shot at him, and it misses, and she's getting ready to fire her second shot, but she hesitated for half a second, and this Marine named Oliver Sippel tackles her and, like, saves the President's life, right? And then everyone's like, oh, he's a national hero, but he was actually gay. He was friends with Harvey Milk, who... Um, when he heard all the coverage that Oliver Sipple saved the president's life, actually called this gossip columnist at the San Francisco Chronicle, who was really famous, and outed Oliver, his friend, because Harvey thought it would be, like, a way to advance, like, gay rights. His family back in Detroit, when they right. found out, they found out that their son was gay through all the media coverage, and then his parents refused to talk to him ever again. It was a really good episode, for one. Two, I had never heard of this story, mm-hmm. and I was just, like, amazed that. it. At the time, it was considered acceptable to like out somebody, especially in the 1970s. World. Did he know
1: that his friend was the one who outed him?
0: I'm not sure. that I can't, I can't remember from the episode if they went into that, but the Radiolab crew, they did find out that Harvey Milk was the one who called and left a voicemail for the gossip palms and was like, hey, this guy's actually gay.
2: I think that's really interesting because considering that Harvey Milk was gay himself, he probably thought like he had some sort of right to do this in order to promote yeah. like the rights of their community. But in reality, like nobody has the right to, you know, breach another person's privacy.
0: Yeah, and it, it did ruin the rest of the he actually ended up killing himself mm-hmm. a few oh, years wow, later. Yeah. Like they qu- they quote him in the um, the Radio Lab story as like the reporters would come and they'd ask him so are you gay and he would be like don't talk about the gay thing that's not important I just did what I should do you know as a decent person like it was just instinct
1: yeah I agree with that because yeah. it makes this like really awesome and heroic thing he did about something totally different Mm -hmm. and he really just deserved praise for saving the president's life
2: okay the story I can't let go of this week is that I saw in the news that Venezuela was preparing for war against the United States (laughs) and I think this comes in after Trump gave his speech to the UN basically calling out Venezuela and saying that they were having a lot of problems and causing problems for other countries and I think that um, it's just interesting because to me, I, this seems like a big deal to me, um, and but it doesn't really seem like anybody's talking about it and nobody sees it as a threat. And it's kind of similar to North Korea. You know, you hear in the news all the time that North Korea is testing missile launches and stuff like that. And people are dismissing it, saying it's not a big issue, even though the U.S. is like their biggest enemy.
1: When Trump got elected... I mean, like, obviously a lot of people were very upset, but a lot of people were also like, well, how much damage can he really do? And it's like, well, now we might be facing two wars with two pretty powerful countries.
0: I mean, pretty, pretty powerful. North Korea is powerful in in the way that they can hold, like, the U.S. kind of effectively hostage with their ICBM, which can now reach parts of the U.S., but also by the fact that they have, you know, hundreds of thousands of, you know, conventional weapons pointed at Seoul that can basically wipe the city off the map within like 30 minutes or is, is what's expected, like, you know, millions of civilian casualties. That's that's what the real issue is. Mm-hmm. Venezuela they can't really do anything, I mean. Yeah,
2: but Venezuela. I read in the article that um, they were actually preparing their tanks and their missiles and were um, making sure everything was ready in the event of a war.
0: I think they're most likely preparing for, like, a U.S. intervention yeah. because, I mean if I'm Trump and I wanna do some big military thing to like make ever to you know, show off how, you know, powerful a president I am, I would totally go f- go for Venezuela as opposed to North Korea because Venezuela does not have an ICBM yeah, or sure. hundreds of thousands of artillery prepared to destroy Seoul on a moment's notice. So now is the half of the show where we tell our personal stories that we can't let go of this week. Uh, Maggie, do you want to start?
1: Sure. It's almost week three, and I still have not really had a long conversation with my roommate yet. Um, however, I kind of love it, as like bad as that sounds.
0: So, so if you had to count, how many words have you said to your roommate <laughs> over the past, like, three yeah. weeks?
1: <laughs> Definitely less than... 200 probably like we basically when we walk into the room we say hello and then sometimes at night I'll be like do you mind if I turn the light off and then that's really
0: this reminds me of Justin last week because he was like I just cohabitate with my roommate and I I don't want to talk to him about the air conditioner
1: yeah
0: (laughs) This is the same
2: situation with my roommate last year, too. We kind of just like said our hellos in the morning and at night, but didn't really ever have any expectation of hanging out or spending time together. And I think that's really nice having a casual um, relationship with your roommate and not having any expectations because you can make your friends outside. And then when you get back to your dorm, it's kind of a place to just decompress and spend some time alone.
0: All right, so my personal story, um, yesterday Justin, who you heard last week, and I went to go see Glass Animals at the Argon Ballroom, which is a fantastic show. We're on this, the, the L and we get to Howard, we get on the red line, next to me is this other guy who was wearing a pineapple shirt who um, was also <laughs> going to Glass Animals. Across there was this guy who was reading a book that was like intro to your MBA or something, and then there was a dad and this kid who had a scooter and a BB-8 um, helmet, which I thought was really cool. <laughs> So that's, that's the cast of characters, now you know. So we're all on this train, and at the other end, there's these three CTA ladies, the train driver, and then two other employees who are all women, who are, like, talking about this thing, and everyone in the middle section where we are of the car is like, what is that? And this guy walks on, another CTA employee with a broom. He tells the lady who's sitting there, you might want to move because I'm going to get it out. And she's like, okay. So she walks over to us, and then we're like, what was it? And she goes, oh, there's a pigeon under my seat. <laughs> so there's a pigeon just sitting there on the train, so the guy with the broom comes up and he just, like, starts swiping at the pigeon and it fucking takes off and flies, like, towards me and Justin and we're like, ah, and then it, like, lands you know, by the other door, but it doesn't go out so the guy with the broom (laughs) runs down the train car swipes at the pigeon again, then it flies up behind the kid with the helmet over to the guy with the intro to your MBA book who's reading it, but it, like, flies, like at his face and is like behind his head. So he's like, what? He's like waving his book around trying to get the pigeon to go away. Then it flies away and it lands by the door. And the CTA guy comes up and like swipes it out with the broom, and then he jumps off the train. the doors close we pull away. And it was like hilarious because like, I feel bad wow. for the pigeon. Like, it must terrifying.
2: have been scared.
1: <laughs> Did anyone like really freak out?
0: Yeah, the guy with the um, intro to your MBA book because the pigeon like yeah. basically landed on his head. So he, he freaked out. Okay, so
2: something that happened this week that was a little crazy to me is some drama that happened with my professor. <laughs> um, he was on Monday during class my professor hobbled in and he was leaning on his umbrella and then he sits down behind the podium and he just tells us I felt very nonchalantly, I fell off a ladder last night. I will be going to the hospital after class, but I will not be moving around at all today. And he just kind of, and it looked like he was in pain this entire time. We're all just like, oh my goodness, like, is he okay? What's going on? He then sent us a message later saying that he was bleeding internally the entire time (laughs) during class
1: and had multiple
2: puncture wounds, to different organs inside of his body, and that he would went through surgery and he'll be back most likely on Monday. But we were all confused because we are like, this man came into class, lectured for an hour and stayed in pain until he finally went to the hospital later on Monday. And we all felt really bad. But at the same time, we're all just like, why would you not go to the hospital initially if you're in that much pain? He's really dedicated to his um, education of young minds or whatever. (laughs) But it was just all crazy to us. And then we were wondering, okay, how do you get multiple puncture wounds to different organs and not know it? Like, what did you, did you fall on something? Did you fall on, like, knives that were laying on the floor? Like, how do you puncture your
0: organs? I think that you just, like, fall off a ladder, they probably get jumbled around, slammed into your ribs or whatever. Yeah, know. we were thinking maybe he Unpleasant. broke his ribs. But... You're, you're leaving out the part of the story where you thought he was being overdramatic. Oh, okay, okay <laughs> yes.
2: I I did think that my professor was being a little overdramatic when he first came in on Monday because he told us he fell off a ladder. And so I was like, okay, like if it's really that bad, you would have gone to the hospital. So I guess I was just... Underestimating his toxic masculinity <laughs> and his n- need to show off that
0: he's fine and doesn't need to go to the hospital. I don't know if though. it's toxic masculinity is as more as his probably unhealthy. I mean, not probably his unhealthy dedication to work since yeah. he literally came in when he had um, internal bleeding and functioned organs. He didn't know that bias. at the time, though. Yeah, but I feel like you could um feel internal bleeding. I I have not had this experience, but I feel like if I fell off a ladder and had. Um, internal bleeding and multiple punctured organs that I would just go to the hospital and not go well I'll just okay. go to work first you know and yeah. then I'll head to the clinic after it'll all be okay <laughs> but I don't know I guess I probably have a lower tolerance for pain than your professor mm-hmm. based is your on professor this story like an older guy or is he yeah old? I'm
2: I I would say he's age ambiguous I don't really know <laughs> how old he is
0: he's probably definitely in 50s to 60s <laughs> So that's all the show we have time for this week. The next episode of Can't Let Go will come out on Tuesday, and you can find our show on northboundorquestion.com, of course. But did you know that this show and all other NBN podcasts are on iTunes and in the Google Play Store? Just search Can't Let Go or by tap on Subscribe, and you'll get notified whenever we have a new episode. Our theme song is Little Lily Swing by Tritachion under a Creative Commons attribution license. I'm your host, Jacob Lazaro. I'm Tony Kula.
1: I'm Maggie Harden
0: and this is Nvianaki. Also fun fact I thought you were going to say you do speak Australian don't you and I was like <laughs> uh yeah
1: <laughs>